0: has come out to worship us uh, to worship with us on this beautiful first day of May and it's the wind, we still have March wind in May, but uh, man, the the weather is so nice today and beautiful and the sun is shining and we are so appreciative of everyone that has come to worship with us today here at Abundant Life Family Church. I have already been blessed. Have you already been blessed? Amen. And uh, God is just moving and working and blessing and hearts and lives and, doing great things in these last days. What an awesome time it is to be alive. I wouldn't, I I tell you, it's just such a great time to be alive. And I know people say, well, but Brother Rick, I mean, there's so much going on in the world today and so many problems and all of this, but I tell you what, Jesus is getting ready to come. We're living in the closing hours of this church age. And the Lord is getting ready to come back for His church. And that, my friend, is exciting news today. To know that the Lord is coming soon. Hallelujah. At any moment, at any time, at any any moment, we believe in the imminent return of Jesus for His church. And that word imminent means that it could happen at any time given moment and time and I'm I'm expecting him today amen I'm looking for him today I want to make a make a mention brother Andy mentioned that next Sunday is Mother's Day and we do have special gifts for we have some special giveaways we will have next Sunday for um, mothers we'll have some drawings and give some special gifts away But then we also have a special gift for each mom that attends next Sunday for Mother's Day. So we want to honor our moms next week. So we encourage all of the moms and dads and kids and grandkids and everybody to come and be a part of service next uh, next Sunday for Mother's Day. Amen. Um, also then the following Sunday on May 15th, we will be having um, the Ragin' Cajun, Rod Vincent will be here on that Sunday, the 15th, for... Our Sunday services, both services that Sunday, 10.30 service, and the 6 o'clock service. So you you have, uh, if you have been, and most of you all, I think, have been with us and been with Brother Rod in service, if you have not, we want to encourage you to come. He is a great, great preacher, evangelist. Ben? He's been uh, traveling full-time as an evangelist for over 40 years and well-seasoned in the ministry, and we, we, we're we looking forward to a good time in the Holy Ghost that, that Sunday that Brother Rod is here. I know that he will have a right now word from the Lord for Abundant Life Church. So you be in prayer for those two services, and uh, come and invite somebody to come and be a part of our special services with Brother Rod. Amen. Well, it's good to see everyone and everybody doing good, everybody doing well, everybody happy, everybody full of the joy of the Lord. Amen. Well, good, 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 good. Well, I want to share with you and preach a little bit this morning, and I will try my best not to hold you too long. We've got, we got plenty of time, all right? And uh, so I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Psalms this morning, the 73rd division, the 73rd Psalm, Psalm 73, And uh, we're going to begin reading with the very first verse. We're going to read down probably to about verse 7, okay? Um, I'll be bringing out some things uh, in this message from uh, probably those first 17 verses, but I'm not going to read all the way down to verse 17, but we will be touching on those verses within the message. But Psalm 73 is just, I I always am blessed Every time I read this psalm, it blesses me. I try to read uh, from the psalms every day, every single day. Because the psalms is the praise book, the worship book, the song book of Israel and, and of the church as well. And there's a lot of praise and worship in the psalms. So if you read the psalms... Every day, then there you'll you'll have a you'll have some praise in your life. You'll have a life of worship and praise. So I encourage you to do that. But I try to read at least one chapter in Psalms every day. And every time I get to the 73rd uh, Psalm, it always blesses me. And I want to share some things that the Lord laid upon my heart this morning from Psalm 73 verse. Number one, King James Version, if you have your Bible and you have that, say amen. All right? They'll be putting it up on the screen. Psalm 73 verse 1 says this, Truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps have we- had well nigh slipped for I was grievous at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked for there are no bands in their death and their strength is firm they're not in trouble as other men neither are they plagued like other men therefore pride compasses them about as a chain and violence covers them as a garment Their eyes stand out with fatness, and they have more than heart could wish. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Word of God today and for this opportunity we have to minister to your people. We ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We ask you to speak through us today, through our lips, to minister to your people Open our hearts to receive what you have for us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. I want to deal today for a few minutes with the thought and the subject of when you feel like giving up. When you feel like giving up. From here, from Psalm 73. Verse number two. This is the way Asaph felt. He felt. Like giving up. And he said in verse 2, My feet were almost gone. My steps had well, well, nigh, or nearly slipped. He had almost this. The writer of this psalm, Asaph by name, almost gave up and came to the place where he felt like quitting, and almost came to that place where he completely quit, because Asaph had faced some very serious doubts in his life, and he came to a place that he almost lost his faith, and that's. what the devil is after today, every attack that he brings against you as a child of God, as a believer, whatever he brings your way, he's after your faith. If you are a believer today, if you are born again a child of God, Satan wants to get your faith and destroy your faith. And and here Asaph almost Gave in to that and nearly lost his faith. And it's not hard to find ourselves in this psalm. When you read this 73rd psalm, you can probably relate to it because we have all at one time or another felt like giving up. Every one of us, I believe, in this service this morning, at one point... Or another in your walk with the Lord have just felt like throwing in the towel and saying, what's the use, and giving up. I know I've been down that road. I've experienced that because, listen, just because you and I are Christians doesn't mean that we're exempt from trouble. It doesn't mean that we're never going to have a problem. It doesn't mean that the enemy will never attack us. There is a real, live devil today that has many demons, fallen angels, evil spirits, and wicked spirits that are, that are uh, in opposition to the child of God. And so you have an adversary, and you have an enemy, and he's after your faith today. And so we've all been down this road that Asaph was in, but there's something about Asaph, and as I say, he's the one who wrote this psalm, and, and uh, Asaph, if anybody is familiar with who he was, Asaph was a worship leader. Asaph was a singer. He was a praiser. Asaph was appointed by David to lead the choir in the sanctuary and in the worship of the temple of the house of God. It was Asaph who was appointed by David to, uh, to, to lead the worship. When David brought the ark back to Jerusalem and uh, he brought the ark back in set it up there at Jerusalem, it was Asaph whom David had appointed to lead the praise and the worship as they brought back the ark. The Bible also tells us that, that Asaph was a seer, and uh, he was uh, a seer, which means a. It, it has to do with the prophetic ministry. So the songs that Asaph sang as well as being a singer or a worshiper were prophetic. prophetic. Prophetic songs and prophetic psalms that he sang unto the Lord. Even the sons of Asaph followed after the ministry of their dad. The Bible tells us that they took part in many of the revivals and the reformations that took place in Israel. Revivals under Hezekiah, revivals under Josiah, and even the revival under Zerubbabel on the return from Babylonian captivity. The sons of Asaph were there leading in praise and worship so his ministry was not just a ministry that he had but it was passed on to the next generation so from what we gather about Asaph we know that he was a spiritual man he was a spiritual individual he loved the Lord he was gifted in praise and prophecy and he had a great impact even upon his family that lasted for many centuries he was in a top position in ministry in the house of God but even this praiser even this worship leader came to a place in his life that he got discouraged he himself was not exempt from discouragement Asaph came to a place as you read in this psalm that he was Down in the dump So to speak And I don't know if anybody knows What I'm talking about But I've been there in that place I mean uh, Yeah brother Rick you're You're the pastor You're the preacher You're never supposed to have a down day You're always supposed to be upbeat And you're always supposed to be happy But you know what Can I tell you Even preachers have down days Every once in a while And even a pastor can can get down in the dumps. And even a worship leader and a choir member and a musician can have a time when they get a little down in the dumps. Can I get an amen? But there were some things in the life of Asaph that caused him to become discouraged. Because there were some things that he was looking at, that he was seeing taking place, that he was observing that really bothered him. As you read this 73rd Psalm, you see that Asaph was was troubled when he saw the prosperity of the wicked. He said there in verse number 3. And um, he he looked at the at the world And he looked at those who weren't living for the Lord And those who were not a part of the church And he seemed to, to look at them And he said you know what There's something that I notice about them Why they never have any problems They never have any troubles like I'm going through They never have any dis- discouraging times Why they're never in distress or trouble They curse God They're full of pride and vice and sin but it still seems that they prosper and increase in their riches everything seems to go well with the wicked and that's how he was that's how he was seeing things that's how he saw it but you know what that wasn't exactly true that was just the way the enemy had caused him to behold things when Ahab saw Asaph saw that he said you know what I've lived right and here are here I believe the enemy was talking to him and distracting him. But he said, you know, I've lived right. I've served the Lord. I've led worship. I've been faithful to God. I've taught my, taught my kids to do right and to live right, right. But you know what? I just feel like that everything I've done for God has been of no value. It seems like that every, t- every no matter what I try to do when I live for the Lord... It seems like that it's all been in vain. He said in that psalm, I feel like I've cleansed my heart in vain. I feel like that I've washed my hands and been innocent. But what good has it really done me to live for God? I've been plagued. I've been chastened every day, he said. Every morning I face a new set of problems. I don't know if anybody's ever been there or not, but I know a little bit about what Asaph is talking about. And he said, I face problems every day, but I notice that those who never even mention God, those who never go to church, those who are not serving the Lord, it seems like that they live in peace and prosperity and they never have a problem. But I want you to know his judgment in that situation was flawed. How many knows that the devil can calling Your judgment to be flawed When you get your eyes off the Lord And get your eyes On other things That wasn't really the case It wasn't really true That only the righteous suffered And had problems But the ones that were not living for God Had everything going their way It may appear that way Sometimes And when I think about it Asaph said When I see all that's going on And I know what's going on going on in my life and I think about this it's just too painful for me I just can't take it anymore and he even made the statement and he said I just wonder if it wouldn't be just better if I wouldn't be better off to just go on and get out of the ministry and get out of church and just quit what I'm doing I don't think I'll ever sing another worship song I think I'm done with all that I'll just give up this praising and singing and prophesying I think I've had enough he was almost ready to call it quits but then he said this in verse number 17 but he said I'll I'll tell you what I'll do I'm going to go to one more service I'm going to go to the house of God one more time and he said when I went he said everything that I'm going to is too painful for me but i went to the sanctuary of the Lord, and when he went to the house of God, everything changed. Is anybody here today? I said he had a change. There was a transformation. Praise God. He attended one more service, he sang a few more praise songs, and he said, Then I understood. Then God got a hold of my life. Then I got the right perspective. You know what, ladies and gentlemen? It's amazing what a good trip to church can do for somebody that's down and out. The church, the house of God is a place that will lift you up. Amen. Oh just a little trip to church Can change your focus It can change your outlook It can change your perspective And I think there's a lot of people today That need a change In their perspective There's a lot of saints today That need a change In their outlook Come on They're not. The, the, the devil has distorted Their vision He is trying to distract them And pull them away But, oh, I'm telling you what, there's no place like the house of God where the Spirit of God can get a hold of your heart and get a hold of your life and turn things around in your life. The discouraged can leave here encouraged today by the presence and the power of the Lord. Amen. Oh, see, what happened to Asaph was... He was in a place where his vision had been misplaced. He looked at the, uh, at the prosperity of the wicked. It says, he said, I was envious when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He had his eyes on the wrong thing. He got his eyes and his focus on the wrong people. Come on, amen. Amen. I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Satan will do everything he can to distract you. And nothing will bring backsliding in a person's life any quicker than taking their eyes off of Jesus and focusing their thoughts and their attention on the things of this world amen we got to keep our we got to keep our focus on the right thing amen and there's so many people today that are looking to the world and looking to the things of this world and they have lost their vision they have allowed they have allowed Satan to distract them and bring their thoughts to a different realm the writer of Hebrews said the Bible says Hebrews 12 and 2 that we are to lay aside every sin every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and he said let us run with patience the race that is set before us and then he said here's how we're to run this race we're to run it by looking unto Jesus are you hearing me by looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith see listen to me abundant life we have got to always look to Jesus he's the one that God has started in this race and he's the one that, that's going to be the finisher uh, If we finish this race It's going to be because he has brought us through And I want you to know in the day and the hour In which we're living in today We're living in, uh, in those days of Noah The days of Lot Those wicked days before the coming of the Lord And I'm going to tell you If you and I are going to make it through If we're going to hear that trumpet sound If we're going to keep from being distracted we got to focus our eyes on what? thing today we got to get our focus our mind our attention our eyes our faith on the Lord Jesus Christ and on him alone he is the author of my faith he got me started on this race a long time ago and if I finish which I'm intending on doing I'm going to finish because Jesus is going to bring me across this finish line he's going to bring you across this finish line we gotta get our eyes on the Lord get it off the world get it off the problems of life and get our eyes and our minds and our focus upon the Lord can I get an amen We've got to consider him who endured the cross Lest we be wearied and lest we faint in our minds We've got to consider him instead of our trouble We've got to consider him instead of the trouble we're going through We've got to consider him instead of the problems we're facing And even instead of our own self We've got to consider him and what he has done for us at his cross hallelujah the victory has been bought and paid for through the finished work of Christ and we need to look to Jesus because he's the one that will see us through go ahead and praise him today hallelujah Paul wrote to Timothy right before he was executed right before his death He told Timothy, he said, listen, it's time for me to be offered up. The time of my departure is at hand. But he said, listen, I have fought a good fight. I finished the course. And I have kept the faith. And henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Hallelujah. Not just for Paul. Paul. But he said, whom the Lord, the righteous judge, has laid up for me. And not just for me only. But he said, that crown is for everyone who loves his appearing. How many loves his appearing? How many has got your eyes on his soon coming? Amen. Oh, to everyone that loves his appearing. There's a crown laid up. See, Paul, he was able to endure and make it through. You know, here he was in prison. He could have got down. In the dumps, he could have said, "Well, you know what? I've lived for the Lord. I've done all these missionary journeys. I've planted all these churches. I've sold so many souls saved. Now, why is the Lord letting me rot in this prison, this Roman jail? And why doesn't He deliver me out of this? Why doesn't He? Why is He going to let me be, be be executed under under Nero's executioner? But you know what? Paul's focus wasn't on that. He wasn't focused on the blade." of that axe that was going to sever his head from his body his focus was on what he had laid up on the other side his focus and his vision was on what was ahead for him he said I know I'm going to die but there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness I want you to know there's something better ahead for the church and for every born again believer come on amen get our eyes on the Christ, hallelujah, and what God has got in store for every single one of us. Amen. There's a good future ahead. There's a good future ahead. Listen, it's easy to get discouraged when we see the world. And they seem to be faring better. You know what? The pleasures of this world and the pleasures of sin are only for a short, short season. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that our light affliction is but for a moment. But we are not to be looking at that. We're to be looking at the things that are not seen. Not the things that are seen. The things that are seen are temporary. But the things that are not seen are eternal. Come on, somebody. See, when the enemy can distract you... When he can get you to be distracted from what you, what your calling is, and your 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 walk with the Lord, and you begin to focus on the things of the world, I'm gonna tell you he can make you think that the grass is always greener on the other side. Everything's always better. You know that's what he always points out. You know, and I mentioned this one time before when you, you know when you when you see those beer commercials on TV, they always show the fun everybody's having. Oh, it doesn't get any any better than this they say all sitting around the campfire all been fishing got a stringer full of fish drinking their old Milwaukee and everything is going good and everybody's having a big time they always show that's the picture the devil paints of the world that's the picture the devil paints of sin he doesn't ever show what happens when that person drinks too many of them old Milwaukee's and gets behind the uh, the wheel of a car gets uh, in there and begins to drive and kills such himself or someone else no he never shows that dark side of that when when that person is so bound by that alcohol that their family has to do without amen are you hearing what I'm saying sin will take you farther than you want to go it'll keep you longer than you want to stay and it'll make you pay more than you're willing to pay the wages of sin ladies and gentlemen is still death hallelujah but the gift of God is he eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord oh we don't need to be looking to this world we you don't need to be looking to the things and desiring the things of the world if Satan's got you distracted today as he did Asaph you need to turn away and lift your eyes to heaven to the hills from whence cometh your help your help doesn't come from the world your help doesn't come from Washington your help doesn't come from Capitol Hill your help comes from the Lord from the Lord your God your help is from the Lord Oh, hallelujah! But Asaph fell into that trap, and his vision got distorted. He began to think that everything that, the, that everything in the world was better than what he was enjoying as being a worship leader for the Lord. And the devil says, "Look at all the fun you're missing." And he puts that bait out there, entices people to get their eyes off the Lord. Asaph had misplaced not only his vision but Asaph had misplaced his values what he valued as important because he looked at the world he looked at the wicked and he said you know what they're all pretty prosperous these ungodly are prospering they're increasing in, in wealth they're increasing in riches he said "Look! look how rich the ungodly are so so what? Big deal so what if they are? It doesn't matter because, let me tell you something, true riches, and we got to be careful about this, ladies and gentlemen, that we're not looking at the wealth and the riches of this world and saying, wow, man, I wish I had what they had. I'm going to tell you something. What is true riches? The true riches today that every one of us can have is found only in the Lord Jesus Christ and in living for Him. Amen? True riches today, ladies and gentlemen, are not determined by a bank account, true riches today are not determined by how much money you've got in your pocket true riches are not determined by how nice our home or our vehicles are thank God for his blessings that he has blessed us with so many wonderful things but can I tell you Jesus said that we're not to lay up our treasures on earth, not to put our confidence in those things because thieves break through moth and rust corrupts but he said I'm telling you where to put your Treasure. Lay up your treasure in heaven where there where your treasure is, that is where your heart will be also. There ain't no thief can break in and get what I've laid up in glory. There ain't no rust can touch what I've laid up in heaven. I thank God for what I've got here, but I thank God that there's coming a day that I'm gonna step into that other side. Hallelujah! I don't care how much prosperity this world may have, it's not. Nothing to offer me, I've got a home in glory that outshines the sun. I've got a home on the other side of mansion over there that'll make Mar-a-Lago look like a double wide. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, God has laid up a great inheritance for his people. Can you praise him today? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. He misplaced his value. He misplaced his vision. He looked at the wrong things. He, dev- he, he valued the, the wealth of this world as being better than what he was enjoying living for God. And he said, when I did that, it was too painful for me. He said, my feet almost slipped. I almost let the devil talk me out of what I had in the Lord. I almost quit. I'm going to tell you something. These last two years since this pandemic thing, there's been a lot of people... That have quit, have given up on God. You know what happened? They had that ASAP syndrome. They 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 misplaced their vision. They begin to look at other things, circumstances and things. I preached on fear last week. I talked to someone Uh, a, a, a little while back that used to attend church here that doesn't attend anymore, hasn't been here since the pandemic and this person told me they were scared to death and that was their words, scared to death I wanted to know if I'd been vaccinated yeah, I got a Holy Ghost vaccine come on somebody hallelujah, amen woo Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. I, I said, no, I admit Well, they said. They said, I'm scared to death of this sickness. Well, I wonder if they don't think they can get it at Walmart. They don't think they can get it at Schnucks. They don't think they can get it anywhere else. Seems like the only place it jumps on people's at church. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I said, that's a lie from the devil. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Your vision's misplaced. You got your eyes on the wrong thing. You're looking at the wrong situation you need to turn your eyes toward jesus hallelujah your values are misplaced my god there's something better waiting for the child of god we've got a home in heaven hallelujah you need to be like paul and get your eye on the prize and get your eyes on heavenly things and not on the things of this earth preacher said one time that Christians, a lot of Christians are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. I said, well, that's not even Bible. Colossians 3 says to set your affections on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. Woo! Glory to God. That's getting your mind on heavenly things. Think on these things, he said. The things that are good and the things that are honest and the things that are just and the things that are lovely and the things that are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You've got to control your thoughts. You've got to control your mind. You've got to get focused on the Lord and on the things of God. Don't let Satan misplace your vision. Don't let your values get misplaced but there is victory Asaph didn't stay in that nest Asaph almost slipped Asaph almost fell but thank God Asaph got the victory hallelujah and he didn't fall away but he overcame hallelujah he overcame he recovered his misplaced victory see Asaph had misplaced his victory And so many have done that today. But he didn't stay there. He recovered his misplaced victory. Notice this. Verse 12, he says These are the ungodly who prosper in the world, they increase in their riches. I've cleansed my heart in vain, I've washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. I say, if I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know it, when I thought to know this, it was just too painful for me. But thank God for verse 17, until. This is how I felt, until. I went to the sanctuary of God. Then I understood. Oh, what a difference. One more trip to the house of God can make in your life. And that's the problem with so many people. See, when they're going through problems and struggles, they want to absent themselves from church. They want to lay out and absence themselves. I, I, I hear people say it. I've heard it in the past. You've heard it. You, you hear people say it. Well, I, I you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You, you, you don't have to go to church to be saved, you know, and all that. Can you be saved anywhere? Yeah. Do you have to belong to a church or go to church to be a Christian? I say, well, no, no, you don't. But here's the thing. If you are a Christian, if you are... Are born again, if you are a true child of God you will want to, to go to the house of God if a person doesn't want to go to church if they have to make themselves go to church there's no desire to go to church in their life, let me tell you there's something wrong in that relationship between them and the Lord, you ought to want to be in the presence of God you ought to want to be with God's people and Asaph said, I'm down and I'm out and I'm about ready to quit But I think I'll go to one more service I think I'll sing one more song I think I'll listen to one more message I think I'll praise one more time Oh hallelujah What a difference A little trip down to the house of God Can make in the life of somebody That's just on the verge Of giving up I'm telling you if you're in this service this morning And you feel like you just can't go another step You're in the right place today Cause God is here to pick you up and to change your outlook and change your life. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I've been in some churches, and you probably have too, that didn't change the way I was feeling at all. I've been to some. I felt pretty good when I got there and felt pretty bad when I left. That's the wrong way. It shouldn't be that way. Well, I don't want Abundant Life Family Church to be like that. How I many of is with me? I don't want our church to be like that. I want this church, this house to be a place, to be a house, to be a sanctuary, to be a house of God, where people's lives can be changed, where people can be healed, where people can be uplifted, where people can be encouraged. That ought to be what the church is all about. You ought to be able to come in here, man, after you've been out in this world and worked and done everything all week and rubbed shoulders with the world, you down and disturbed and discouraged. My Lord, this ought to be a place where You can come in and get lifted up and get strengthened and get encouraged by the presence of the Lord. Is anybody here today? Amen. Oh, he found something. Listen to me. When Asaph said, I'm going back, I'm going to go one more time to the sanctuary of the Lord. Hallelujah. He found something when he got to the sanctuary. What was it that he found? What did Asaph find going on when he got to the sanctuary that made a difference in how he's feeling? I believe when he got there that he found out that there were still some folks that were gloriously praising the Lord. And I tell you what, as a song leader, as a worship leader, he couldn't resist but praising the Lord a little bit himself. When Asaph went to the sanctuary, he found some glorious praise. And let me tell you, Abundant Life Family Church, there is nothing that can change your attitude and your outlook and change your circumstances. Hallelujah. Just like some old-fashioned praise and worship. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, praise has an amazing way of changing your outlook. I believe that when Asaph made that trip to the sanctuary, that he found some upbeat, refreshing singing. Thank God for a worship team that's anointed. Thank God for singers that are anointed. Thank God for some music and some singing that is anointed. I'm telling you, anointed music and anointed singing can lift you out of the doldrums if you just take that step and make that one more trip to the sanctuary and sing some of those worship songs. God will change your outlook and change your situation when you put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The Lord and his praise will make a difference in your life. I believe he found some singing when he got there. Amen? I like singing. Anybody like singing? I believe God likes singing. Come on. Amen? He found some singing. The lo- You know why I know God likes singing? The longest book in the Bible is the song book. I want to tell you something right there. The book of Psalms is the song book and the prayer book of God's people. And all the way through there, I think it's 130 times, seeing and singing is mentioned in the Bible. God loves singing. And can I throw this in? He likes music too. Amen? I said He loves music too. Hey, some churches don't believe in no music. They want to sing, but they don't Oh, I thank God for music. Hallelujah. I read those. I don't believe in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, that he took away, that he took away that worship of music. You know what? That's, uh, that, 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 That music, that anointed music that David played drove that evil spirit from Saul. When Elisha wanted the spirit of the Lord to come upon him and needed a word from the Lord, he called for a musician to come and play. And as he played, the hand of the Lord came on him. Oh, thank God for good Holy Ghost music. Thank God for good Holy Ghost singing. Thank God for good Holy Ghost worship. Come on, somebody. Can you say amen? How many believe that today? One more time trip to the sanctuary. One more trip to the house of God. One more time to praise the Lord. One more time to sing a little. And I believe he found some glorious praise. I believe he found some anointed singing and praise and music. But I also believe when he got to the sanctuary, he found some good old-fashioned Bible preaching. Come on. Amen. When you come to the house of the Lord, there's some preaching. There's some pre. you got to have some preaching. There's too many of these churches today that have changed their format we're not going to preach on certain days, on certain services but we're going to show you a video we're going to show you a movie and then we'll ask some questions there ain't nothing can take the place some people may like it, some people may not like it, but if you don't like it you can lump it, because we are going to have Holy Ghost preaching every time we come together in the house of God you've got to have the preaching of the gospel, amen it's the power of God. The gospel of Jesus is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. I believe when he got there, he found some good, old-fashioned preaching in the sanctuary that lifted him up. Uncompromised preaching. But I believe the fourth thing. I'm almost done here. I know some of you are ready to go. I believe Asaph, when he made that trip to the sanctuary, found some devil-chasing, soul-stirring, life-giving prayer in the house of God. You know, that's what it takes, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it takes to rout the devil. That's what it's going to take to drive back the forces of darkness. It's going to take some Holy Ghost praying in these last days. That's the only thing going to bring revival is some Holy Ghost praying in these last days. Jude said, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen? That's what he found when he went to to the sanctuary that's what Asaph found and that's what it takes to keep you from giving up just listen to me if you're discouraged today I know this is a little simple message today but if you can pray one more prayer and just make yourself sing one more song and hear one more anointed message and just praise him one more time for how good he's been in your life if you can just attend one more good old fashioned Pentecostal service where the Holy Spirit is moving I believe God can change your doubt to a shout come on, amen oh hallelujah he can lift you up and give you the victory that you need in your life don't give up worship team you can make your way back listen to me saints don't give up keep your eyes on Jesus Keep your eyes on the promise. Things may get worse before they get better in this world. But I'm telling you what don't give up. Hallelujah. We've come too far to look back, we've come too far to turn back. Hallelujah. And we need to be like Asaph and get a fresh touch of his glory. That is what will see us through, and that is what will bring us us through a fresh touch of the glory of the Lord.